Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, man, it's good. To, it's good to be back here, man. It's good to be doing this I, it's on a regular basis. It's really good. So let's pray and we'll get started. Yep. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to sit down together and study. We're so grateful, Father, for the power of the word and the, and the things that it can teach us. And we just pray your blessings upon us as we as we study through this. Help us, Father, to not bring our preconceived ideas and all that notions that we have and just listen to what the truth is. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have. And thank you for our audience. Pray for them and I pray for their situations. And I pray that you'd help them to uh, to learn and to grow and to apply and all those things that will help them to be the people they're supposed to be. Thank you, Father, for them and for their for their uh, encouragement. It is to us that they're that they're watching and, and paying attention. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 33. We're going to be starting in verse uh, 17. Uh, but before we get started, you know, Dan, how, when somebody's coming after you for something you've done or something you didn't do, how important is it to have somebody in your corner, somebody who's got your back? Well... I think it's I think it's extremely important. I think the problem is is most people don't have many people like that in their life. Uh, I think that uh, that uh, I think a marriage should be based on that, where you have each other's back. Oof. I think that I think that a husband and wife. I think I think in in any situation, I think you find that a, that a, a wife or a husband needs to know that that my mate has my back. That if something happens to me, or something's said about me, or something's done to me, or whatever, that my 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 uh, mate will 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 defend me, will will take care of me, uh, will do all those things for me, uh, and and when I say you know let's say someone says something derogatory about you, okay, and it's true, and your wife finds out about it, she doesn't. She doesn't challenge you in front of people. She takes you back in some place and says, I think they were partly right. I think they were wrong in the way they said it, but I think they were partly right. This is why I think that, you know, but they don't do it in front of people. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, if, you, if you're in trouble with the law, I think the one so thing. Somebody will clarify. Somebody having your back doesn't necessarily mean they're going to tell you what you no, want to hear. No, 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 no. Having your back means I'm, I want what's best for you. I'm going to try to do what's best for you. And that may not be uh, telling telling you what you want to hear. You know, my wife's very good at telling me what I don't want to hear. But she mm -hmm. doesn't do it in front of people. She does it away from people. She does it where we're by ourselves. She doesn't try to intentionally try to embarrass me. I, on the other hand, did the, exactly the opposite. 
if I found something that she was amiss in her life, I would make sure that everybody knew about it. So sometimes it's important for an intercessor to be able to tell you something you don't want to hear. Absolutely. And it's would you say that it's a vital skill for an intercessor to learn how to do that well? I think I think it's a I think absolutely it's a vital skill. I think I think uh, I think one of the reasons our marriages are falling apart is because we don't have that in our in our marriages in many instances. You know, we're we're so full of ourselves and selfish and self-centered mm-hmm. and narcissistic and whatever name you want to put on it. And and we and we find ourselves uh, trying to figure out in this relationship how what's going how's it going to benefit me. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it's not easy. You know, sitting there telling somebody something they don't want to hear somebody you love no it's a difficult thing it's not and 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 you know it's really difficult for the person that's getting told that because you know i don't like people telling me what i don't want to hear i don't like people telling me something you know i remember dan marshall telling me one time and i remember where we were i don't remember what it was but i remember dan marshall taking me aside he said yeah i need to talk to you and he had he was he was fixing to clean my clock (laughs) i didn't realize it was coming and i was i was bent i was bent for about five seconds and then i realized this guy loves me. This guy cares about me. And this guy, the only way he would put himself in this kind of situation is if he did care that much about me. So and I went, wow, man, you know, I really appreciate it. I don't remember what it was about. And probably God made it so that I don't remember. I just remember that he did it. And I remember the the, the immediate reaction and then the subsequent immediate counter reaction. I was right. really mad. And then within, a, within moments, I said, you know what? And I said it. I mean, when I got over the the initial, it was, you're right. Thank you. Thank you for telling me because I need to fix this because this is not going to help me be the best I can be if I keep doing this. And and it was, you know, I wish now I could remember what it was. I just don't. I don't remember. Maybe God does that so we don't remember. I don't need to remember what it was. I need to remember that he did it. And and I felt really comfortable at that at that at that point of time with him. Right. You know, that that I knew that this guy had my back and that and that served us very well for, you know, later on when we had some really tough decisions to make. So I think uh, having an intercessor, whether it's in a criminal case or whatever, you know, uh, some somebody who's going to have your back and, and having that back doesn't mean like we've like we've already said. Right. It doesn't mean that, you know that person's just going to accommodate you. No, no. You know, it's not about accommodation. No. In fact, it almost seems like the role of an intercessor sometimes is to specifically not accommodate you. I remember Georgia had a wreck one time and I got a phone call and, and I knew where she was and Kevin and I jumped in the car and we ran over there. And the first soon as we got there, a lady walked up to me and said, it wasn't your wife's fault. And I said, okay. She said, that guy right there hit her, you know? And, and, uh, and I said, and I'm looking at the scene. I worked on cars my whole life. I'm looking at the scene. I'm going, it's not true. It's not true. And I, and I took my wife to the side and I said, this was your fault. I said, I can tell by the way the cars are set up, this was your fault. That lady was wrong. And, and, but I didn't tell her in front of nobody. Uh, the cops knew exactly what they were doing. They, they figured out within a moment that that lady didn't know what she was talking about. And she was trying to do well. She thought she did well. But as an intercessor interceding for my wife on her behalf, she was, she was completely wrong what she did. So I think it's very important that an intercessor, uh, you know, really gauges what they're saying, how they're going to say it and and uh and when they're going to say it i think it's very important that they to, to accomplish what the goal is the right. goal is to help that person get better right that goal is to protect that person right right and if we have that in our relationships in all relationships 
And if I have that relationship with you, you know, if I have your back, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find what I need to do, when I need to do it, how do I need to do it? So part of this is having an, having an understanding of what the mission is, Yes. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this is a very, this is a missional concept, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. what is the goal here? Is the goal to just make you happy? Because if the goal, like, let's take a husband and wife for a second. If the goal of the wife and the goal of the husband is just to make one another happy, it's going to be a miserable marriage. Well, it's not, you're not going to, nobody's going to grow from that. Well, and it won't last. No, it won't, it won't last. last because happiness is fleeting. But you know what, Cole? I've seen a lot of people who have been married 40 years and they're miserable. And they've been miserable their whole life. The only thing that kept, kept them together was their kids and now the kids are gone. And they say it's too much trouble to get, to separate. We got too much stuff going on together, you know, but they're miserable. Right. Because they never had each other's back. They never interceded in on each other's behalf. There was always conflict like this, always bang, bang, bang. Well, and if you don't have, if you don't have the mission in mind, if you don't have a mission in mind, mm-hmm. right, then you don't intercede. You don't intercede in yeah. a healthy way. So if the mission is becomes the kids, mm-hmm. right, as soon as that mission is gone, maybe that intercession happened, mm-hmm. but it happened on behalf of the kids. Once the kids are gone, that marriage falls apart. Yeah. But if the if the mission of the marriage is to bring glory and honor to God, then the then the role of intercession changes, yeah. right? Because then it's about. I, and I think people are probably wondering how in the world does any of this fit with what we're talking about? You know, maybe we need to explain it to them. Okay, so let's get into it real quick. Yeah, I'm, before we I'm, just, going. I'm thinking Ex- we're talking about intercession, and they're going, "Well, I think we're just going to start in, in in Exodus 33, 17. What does this have to do with anything?" So, and the Lord said to Moses, "I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you and I know you." by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord. Now, what is going on here? God has, they have just worshiped a golden calf. Mm -hmm. They have just, the nation of Israel has broken the covenant. They've broken the law. God is Mm -hmm. displeased with them. They've had to take off their ornaments. Uh God has said, I am not going with you. Now, all of a sudden it's totally turned around. Yep. What did Moses do? To turn this thing around. He pleaded with him. He pleaded with God. He interceded yeah. Yeah. between the people mm-hmm. and God. And he yeah. came to God and he said, now hold on, right? Let's let's back this up, right? If your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing he said. I think another thing I, he said. I, 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 this calls to mind. I I know somebody some and, and I, somebody said something about me to you or around you or whatever. And you went and you went to bat for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know everything was said, but I know that that what what happened. And I felt really good about that. I felt really, really uh, uplifted that uh, that that you did that for me when you didn't know me that well. I mean, you know, that, that hadn't been that long that you were here only a year or so. And, but yet you went to, to that person and said, what you're doing is wrong. I may have been wrong, too. And you told me that. Uh, but, but, it, but what was happening was they, they were wrong and you, and you defended me. And I think part of the intercession is, is he, Moses intercedes for the, for, and he's got their back. Yeah. He's got the people's back because God's fixing to, God could easily change course here. Yeah, he could. Yeah. <laughs> and Moses changes his mind in a sense and says, you know, and, and go, just go ahead. I, I, I wanted to get that out there before, uh, before I forgot it. So we, we see Moses do a couple of different things, right? Mm-hmm. We says we see he comes to the Lord. Look, you've been telling me to lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. This is in verses 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. I think one of the things we see with an intercessor is 
he wants to know yes. how to please God. Yeah. He has he has the things of God in mind. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're going to intercede, if we're going to and church, we are called to intercede. And as the church, we yes. are priests, mm-hmm. royal priests mm-hmm. of God most high. The role of a priest is to intercede on behalf of the world mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to intercede, we need to know the things of God. Yes. We need to know how, what God thinks of things, yes. what God's expectations mm-hmm. are, how God views the world, yes. what God wants out of the world. We need to know those things in order to intercede. And notice that that's exactly what Moses says. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor, favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. So how is he going to find favor with God? By looking at this nation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. By getting this nation of yes. people that is supposed to be God's on track. Mm-hmm. But to get them on track, I need to know more about you. I need to know your ways. I need to know your expectations. I need to be need to help them. And the Lord responds to that. For 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So one of the first things that an intercessor has to know is he has to know the Lord. He has to know God mm-hmm. and has to know the things of God. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, God tells us, and, and I was looking this up while you were talking. Uh, uh, it says in, in Romans chapter 8, mm-hmm. uh, verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. So we have God with us interceding for us, you know, uh, to the the Holy Spirit interceding with us to the Father, telling the Father, hey, this is what's going on, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. please hold your wrath from him because he's really struggling here or whatever. Or, or here's what he's trying to say. I'm living with him and I know him and I know his heart and here's his heart. And this is what he's trying to say. This is what I know it doesn't get coming out like that, but this is where he really is. And I think that's a tremendous comfort to me. Yeah. To, to Moses, to the people. If the people finally figured out to Joshua, let's just take Joshua. How, how comforting it's going to be because in just, a, in just a while, just a few years, 40 years, basically, Joshua's going to take over. And he is going to have 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 sat at the feet of the of a master intercessor, That's Moses. Right. That's right. Who has who has gone before God numerous times to intercede for these people? And Joshua's watched and see. He tells them. He said, "I know what kind of stiff neck people you are. I know what you are. I know what you're capable of. I know what you're gonna do." He tells them that. Joshua knows because Joshua has learned from him. I think it's a it's a great testimony here that you know for these people. Moses is going to intercede for them. I think the people that that we get the privilege of interceding for, okay, mm. I think that they have a tremendous opportunity to learn from us. I learned a great deal from Dan Marshall, and when he did what he did, you know, to, for me, uh, we learned from the Holy Spirit how to approach people, how to work with people, how to how to encourage people, uh, you know, how to have them in the in their best interest. And I think it I think it prepares us. Don't you think? I think it prepares us for for greater things in our lives. Yes, I, and I definitely say you know it's you know it's it's paid dividends in my life because one of the the hardest things I've had to learn, and I've told this to you know to numerous people. I've talked to Glenn Schmidt about this when we were in down in Mexico, and I talked to Freddie about it as well. You know, we were in the car and we were talking about it. One of the the difficulties I have is learning when you go from 
okay, this is the expectation. This is what we ought to be doing, right? And when we ought to go from praying and supporting and encouraging that person towards that to when we go from that to saying, okay, enough is enough, right? I have a hard time understanding that because I, I served in the military and in the military, it's you, you, you're dedicated to mission. And if you're not dedicated to mission, you get your chain yanked and you get back on mission Yeah. and nobody digs their heel. I mean, when you're getting your chain yanked, you don't dig your heels in and fight the chain. You, if you're, if, I mean, if you have any semblance of common sense, you get pulled and you go, Oh, I'm going the wrong way. I got to fix, yeah. fix myself. Yeah. And everybody's pretty good. I mean, you, I mean, when people are drunk, it's a little bit more difficult to get them back on task. But without that, that's I think that's probably the only time I've really seen somebody fight against the goad or kick against the goad, right? They pretty much everybody is pretty quick at going, oh, yeah, I'm messing this up and to get back on track. And so it's a different mindset. It's a different um, it's just a different perspective that people have and that I've grown up with even in. So outside of the military, my other experience really is emergency medical services and it's the same thing we don't have time to be fighting you know on scene with all that done you know we we know who's in charge we're gonna do what in, in for it was me at the end right i was in charge of my truck so we're gonna do what i say how i say it and we're gonna move forward right well within the church the stakes are just as high if not higher, not higher. than the military and any ems but the perspective is completely different a lot of times mm -hmm. i've noticed that people people are sheep and it's just wander off and it's the weirdest thing because then you're like hey stop go don't do that and instead of people going oh yeah yeah okay and just falling back in the line it's it's well what do you know i want to jump off this cliff mm -hmm. you know and you're like what mm -hmm. what do you do mm -hmm. and it's and you've seen it mm -hmm. and so learning how to come alongside and help them and be patient and encourage and all of that time learning how to intercede as it is like the father intercedes for us has been very difficult mm -hmm. but i've learned a whole lot because of men like you and dan marshall and the eldership that we have here and, right? and you'll learn a lot more right you'll learn a yeah. lot more because every situation is different and, and you know those those guys that are mentors go through another situation or another situation or another situation you learn something else you learn something you didn't know before you know i mean I mean, I, I've had people tell me, you know, Dan, I'm watching you. I'm watching to see how you handle what's going on with your wife. I'm, right. I'm watching, you know, and and that's a that's a great uh, that's a humbling, humbling. At the same time, you see the responsibility of it. Well, so know. much of the problem is we want to do things our way, right? Yeah. In the illustration I just gave, yeah. the problem is we've got members who want to do things their own way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, part of my problem is I want to correct in my own way and none of that works mm -hmm. going off church going off on your own and doing things your own way without being informed by the father is dangerous yeah it's incredibly dangerous mm -hmm. but it's also just as dangerous for me to want to correct or an eldership to want to correct and try to fix that well, I, without I, doing things i think the next well. part of this works really well for uh, that we need to learn i mean look yeah. at he said uh any in, in verse 19 he said and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and 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 I will have con compassion on whom I shall have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. Then listen to what he said. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be, must not be seen. You know, think, 
what God is doing for Moses and how he's training him and teaching him here, you know, the power that God has. And then God's going to have to go and see the stiff-necked, ornery, obstinate, arrogant people and try to convince them, hey, guys, let me tell you something. You need to stop for a minute and think about what you're doing. And that's and I and I see that and I think now I'm not any I'm not considering putting myself in the same vein as Moses, but you know, an eldership or a father in a family or a preacher or a mother, sometimes you have to you have to take the people that, that you're interceding for and saying, guys, stop yeah, yeah. for a minute. Stop for a minute and think about what you're doing. You know, I think that's part of this. That what? How much is Moses going to learn here from this? God has has really said, you know, I know you and I like you, and I'm going to show you my glory, and you're going to see it. Just like Elijah stands in that mountain and he's terrified because he sees the wind and the fire and the and the and the and the, and the hurricane and I mean the earthquake and all, and then a gentle whisper and he said, "Oh, God, you showed up." He sees the com the, the the complexity of God, and yet the the absolute. Uh, compassion and empathy of God. God said, I will have compassion and mercy on whom I want to have compassion and mercy. That's right. Yeah. And and I think that as intercessors and we have we have to we have to know God so that we can we can stand in the gap between between them and him. Mm -hmm. And then the then we have to take everything we've learned and apply that. You know, what the hell is Moses going to do, man? He's going to do, he's going to lead them for 40 years. And this, that, that golden calf is not the last time they're going to get in trouble. No, it is not. They're going to get in trouble a bunch. Yeah. Many of them are going to die because they got in trouble, because they did not do what they were told. And thank God they have an intercessor, but, or else God would have killed them all and started over. But yeah. God, but Moses really, and I think that, I think that we can go before God and say, God, please be patient with these people. You know, and I don't think we do that enough. Mm. Mm. I don't do that enough. God, please be patient with them. I say, please be patient with me, but not be patient with my family or my sons or my or my the sheep here or the family here. Please be patient. They're really trying hard. They really are, and and it's and and they still haven't got some of the training that they need to get. Yeah, they haven't learned it yet. Please be patient while they strive to learn it. You know, it's like I always say, this the hospital and, and, the, and the great physicians, the one on staff here. And, uh, and sometimes when, when, you know, I know from my own experience with Georgia, you know, I mean, I have to be there to remind her, this is what they're trying to get you to do. This is, you know, we just came from the doctor's office and talking about medicines and stuff that she needs to take. And, and, I, and, and I have to make sure that I'm on, on top of this mm -hmm. because I'm the one that's, that stands in the gap. You know, otherwise... You know, she forgets to take her pills. She forgets to do this. She forgets to do that, which is normal. Right. For what she's been through. She's way better than she was, but she, it's normal. And someone has to be there just like an elder or just like a father or just like Moses. Somebody has to be there as a leader to lead them, intercede for them. And I think it's a, I think it's a great, great story and a testament to, to, you know, who we're supposed to be and as, as, and, you know, I don't care if you're a single mom. Single mom has this same responsibility to train them and teach them about God. Train your charges, one, two, five, whatever they are. You know, you've just taken two little boys in your house, you're fostering them. Right. You have a charge. No matter how long they're there, 
Yeah. If you adopt them, whatever, however long they're there, you have the responsibility to make sure that you give them that they are better when they leave than when they got there. But that's part of it. And that's so important to grasp is the role of intercessor is not just about standing between. No. It's also about no. helping, yes. right? If I'm standing between God and someone else, it's about helping that someone else come to God. That's really what it's about. That's what. That's absolutely what we see in Christ mm -hmm. as an intercessor. That's exactly what the Spirit is doing that's in our lives right. as He intercedes for us, between us and God as we pray. In fact, that's that's what the walk is, right? John says it's not just the Spirit interceding in our prayer life, but Christ's blood continually cleanses us of all sin as we walk in the light, yeah. right? So and and have fellowship with those who do. That's right, and so. That, that understanding that I am interceding, but the goal of interceding is to get this person connected to God. We talked about, we talked about marriages earlier, right? What's your mission in marriage? And I think, look, we, we're, the, the oft repeated number from 1992, right, is 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I know there are all sorts of problems with that statistic, but I think it's fair to say that in our culture, marriages are in trouble. Yes. Why? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what the foundation of intimacy is? Hmm. Our connection with God. If you go back to the garden and you see when God creates family right at the beginning, when God creates the first family, Adam is initially in relationship with God. Yes. Before Eve ever comes on the scene, Adam is connected to God. Then Eve comes wait, wait, on wait, the wait. scene. I heard something yesterday that was really profound, and it, it's funny that, that you bring it up. Uh, Adam did not know he was alone. God said it wasn't good for him to be alone. He has a relationship with God. You know, Adam didn't come up with the idea that I That's need right. somebody in my life. You know, he, he he showed him that through naming all the animals. And Adam comes up and says, well, I ain't, I ain't got anybody. Yeah, what about me? Yeah, what about me? And so God's the one, you know, Adam didn't come up with the idea of marriage. Nope. God did. That's right. Adam, Adam's perfectly fine walking hand in hand with God in the cool of the evening. You know what Adam's response is? What? Adam's response when he sees God's plan of marriage, when he see, sees God's idea and how God, how Adam is going to rule the world with this woman, God, Adam's response is, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. That's Adam's response. Yeah. Adam's response is to give praise and glory to God for the awesome thing that God is doing. But then here in the 21st century, we take that awesome thing that God did and we shake it and we make it and we, we form it into what we want it to be, right? Yeah. And so now marriages aren't based on our relationship with God, right? Marriages, which they are supposed to be, our marriages are supposed to be us coming together to bring glory and honor to God, yeah. to execute the mission of God. But instead of that being the mission and the focus, People now it's... Have, that is so far removed from where we are today. So I mean, far removed. And it, we could get into a, a, a big, a a big classic, deal. About classic example. Classic example. What's wrong with this marriage? When we ask that question, you and I both do marriage counseling for mm -hmm. me, right? So... Okay, what's wrong with this marriage? Well, I just don't, we just don't love each other anymore. Mm -hmm. I would say, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah. if there isn't a clear indication that you don't know God, you don't know the things of God, it's that statement right yeah. there. If you knew God and you knew the things of God, you would know that what you just said is impossible. Yeah. It is impossible to fall out of love. You can choose to forget it. You can choose not to love. Yeah. But love is a choice. It's not an emotion. No. You're it's right. It's not an emotion. You're right. And so... I mean, it's it's very clear, right? And it, in within marriage, we're supposed to be interceding for one another. What is the role of the wife in marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Surrender yourself to who? Your husband. And what's the role of the husband? Give yourself up 
for yeah. your wife. I think most people in, our, in the world today have lost sight of the idea of interceding on uh, someone else's behalf. They want someone to intercede. At least in our culture. In our culture. In our culture. Yeah. In our culture. You know, from what I'm experiencing around me, let's say in, in my culture, where I'm at, sure. you know, it seems like it's a, it's there is a, a, a disconnect from the mindset of what Moses is trying to do right. with the people. You know, of course, that's a grand scale. I mean, it's two million people Moses is in charge of, but it's just as important when you're in charge of the six people in your life. It's just as important as when you're in charge of, like I am, with I'm in charge of making sure my wife stays as healthy as I can possibly. Well, if God her. rejoices over one lost sheep mm -hmm. who repents, one missing coin that yeah. is found, one son that returns, if God cares about the individual, the singular, mm -hmm. then of course, six people, whether it's two million people you're interceding for, or six people you're interceding for. You know, I've said it again and again and again. I don't, I don't relish your job. Like mm -hmm. I don't. I don't look at your job and go, man, one day, one day. I look at your job and go, oh my gosh, it might be one day. You know, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Because as an eldership, you are going to be held responsible for mm -hmm. all of this this congregation, mm -hmm. right? That's that's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so I, right now, my responsibility is my family. I've got my family that I've got to raise mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And then it's my job to make sure that I'm preaching and teaching according to the book. And so... It's whether it's two million or six, God is immensely invested in even the one person. And that's that's a huge to, to know that you're gonna have to account. You know how how, how scary it is? Uh, I can only imagine. To uh, when you you know, when you have someone that you have tried and tried and tried to to reach and nothing works. And so you send somebody else because maybe their personality is better. You know, we have different people we work with in the eldership. I don't work with everybody. I work with, with certain few. I called one the other day and I said, I'm concerned about you. Where are you at? I said, I have this to go, this to go, this to go, this that I'm doing. And I and I, I texted him yesterday. He was on his way back home. And I said, I said, I'm praying for you a safe trip. Didn't get a response. And about five hours later, I get a, a text said, prayers received safely home. Well, you know, I wanted him to know that I was concerned. Right. You know, but I have a relationship with that person. I had somebody call me yesterday and said, I said, he said, you busy? I said, no, I said, I'm, I'm okay. I said, I'm just leaving this store and I'm going to the building. And me and the boys are going to do some stuff and George's in rehab. And, and I said, what's up? And he said, I just needed somebody sane to talk to. He didn't talk, call anybody. I didn't call you. He knows you. He knows Danny. He didn't call them. He called me mm -hmm. because I have a, a different relationship with him. Right. All right. And I said, how about we go to lunch or go to breakfast or something one day next week? And I said, we'll figure it out. Okay. You know, I mean, it, you know, but there are people out there that I can't reach. Right. And it scares me to death. Not that I'm going to be held responsible, but that they're not feeling responsible now. Mm -hmm. That they won't do anything. And I don't know what to do to, to change them. Okay. How many times do you think Moses laid down that cleft, that rock, and he's going, I wish they could see this. I wish they could experience this. And if they could experience it, it would change them. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. No. Well, and, you know, they, they did. They did experience it. They experienced it when God came on the mountain and their answer was rejection. Their mm -hmm. answer was, no, you, Moses, you go. We can't deal yeah. with this. Yeah. And we see that rejection culminate in the golden calf. But, you know, I, I, had, I, 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 uh, I had somebody tell me, 
and I'm not, I'm just telling you this as, a, as an example. You know, I, I, I am, I'm very invested in my wife's recovery. I'm going to do everything I can do to make sure that I don't drop the ball and that she has the, every opportunity to recover that she can. Right. And I've had people tell me, I had people at the PAM unit said, oh, I wish all of our patients had someone in their life like you. Mm. Why don't they? Yeah. Well, I, ain't no, I ain't special. I, I ain't special. You know, and I'm not saying it to say, hey, Dan's special dude, man. No. You know, and it it, it shocks me. It is. It's shocking. It's shocking that they don't have. You know, I told you, I saw this lady. We were in the stroke unit in, in Houston, and I saw this little lady, and nobody, not once, ever went to see her. Not one time. We were there for a whole week. Not one time anybody, I see anybody, and we were there all the time. Right. And I never saw anybody go see her. And I'm going, you know, that's the sad state of affairs in our culture today that People have nobody sometimes, and they need us. That's why we're going to be God's heart and God's hand. That's what our mission statement is. We're going to be God's heart and God's hands because there are people out there. We're going to, those two little boys, they need somebody in their life to intercede for them, to have their back, to let they know. And I'm seeing a change in them, and I don't know them. I've seen a change in them since you got them to now. I'm seeing different little boys, you know, and I think, God, if we could all just apply this principle that Moses has, I'm going to stand up for these people. Yeah. Even though they even though they spit on me and beat on me, degrade me, I'm still going to stand up for them. And that's what Moses does. And that's what he does. That's what an intercessor does. And that's ironic, not ironic. That's what Jesus does. That's what, Christ that's what does. the Holy Spirit does. I mean, look at Jesus from the cross, right? Father, forgive yep. them for they know not yep. what they do. Yep. This is what intercessors do. It's a hard job and the entire church is called to embrace it. That's exactly right. And we would be way better off as a church. If we do it, then the world would be better off if, they, if we would do it as well. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had to, uh, to study this idea of being an intercessor. Moses was a great example to us. Your son was an even greater example. Mm -hmm. And now your, whole, your spirit lives in us and, is an, and is, is an example as well. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have. When those times come that we can intercede and we can be a, a mentor, a go-between, someone who's a teacher and a guide to those around us. Help us, Father, to embrace that relationship, embrace that opportunity, embrace that job with a passion and a fervor that you would expect us to have. Thank you, Father, for the opportunities. In Jesus' name we pray.